thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my daughter. Thank you for my job. Thank you, Jesus, for sending out good gifts, for surrounding me with good gifts. Thank you for the church of God. Thank you, Jesus, for my parents. Thank you for my siblings. Thank you for my in-laws. Oh, Father, we give you glory. Father, I thank you, Lord, for sending me all these good gifts. Father, we thank you.
and technology. We can be watched from America. In fact, there's a lady, uh, one of our sisters, my uh, friend, a big sister, who watches, who joins our Bible study regularly from US. But before now, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I may have to be physically in US to touch US. But the truth is that if I'm not on internet, if I don't have data, I cannot touch that aspect of the world. So if I want to change, whatever you want to change, you must get access to touch it. Am, am I right? Yes, sir. Now, what you don't expect, you can't get. As, as simple as that, as, as logical, I mean, that's, that's simple logic. As logical as that statement is, you will see a number of people that don't have any expectation. Zero expectation. If you, uh, for those of us who went to, to boarding school in Nigeria, uh, there are some people who used to call NFAs. NFA in those days used to stand for Nigeria Football Association. I think they are now NFL, right? Uh, it used to be Nigeria Football Association. So we used to call some people NFA to abuse them. And what's the video? of it? What's the video of our own meaning is that no future ambition. Like, you're just in school, nothing. What do you want to become? Nothing. You just, your life is just black, no expectation. Uh, Pastor Matthew Ashikolo was, was preaching a sermon a couple of years ago. I listened to that sermon. And said that there were two people from the same background, very well-to-do background. Their parents left them a number of, I mean, you can tell, you can say that they are starting life on a good pedestal. However, they asked one, what are you going to do? He told them he's going to go to Oxford, he's going to do this, he's going to graduate, he'll be this. He had plans. The other brother, he asked him, what do you want to say? He doesn't even know what he's going to do with his life. A couple of years after, the one that had the plan, I wanted to go to Oxford, blah, 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 he ended up following his plans. The one that doesn't even know anything that life is going to he ended up becoming good. Despite the fact that he had something to stand on. Despite the fact that he had a good background, he had a, an inheritance to lean on. So normally what you don't expect, you cannot get. So you get whatever you expect. So what have you been getting? Is that been, has, has that been what our mind has been conditioned to expect? But today God is about to break your pattern. Amen. I said God is about to break your pattern. Amen. So if you don't see better, you cannot do better. If you cannot see up, you cannot get up. You cannot go up. If you cannot see where you are, do you understand? I remember as, a, as an, as an uh, intern uh, in 2006, I walked into a multinational. And um, I think someone, one of my mentors asked me, where do you see yourself in this organization? I'm like, if they retain me, I'm going to be the MD of this organization. I don't know how long it will take, but I can see that seat. Whatever you cannot see. And that is, some, some of the people who are not who are unbelievers are using this same principle. You will see someone that will see that and will be the president. Someone is seeing that and will buy that company. They can already see it. 
The same thing with people on the sick bed. They can see 2023. I will not die of the sickness. So if you can see up, you can go up. And the thing is that if you stop, if you don't see it, you stop preaching for it. When you don't see it, you start to stop making anything that you stop making efforts to even reach out for it. So we we saw a guy in this text, although some people have used that text as a political campaign in Nigeria. But we'll get to, we'll get to the context of that text because it's quite funny. But um, this guy is trying to make the best out of a bad situation. All he's ever known in his life was being lame. So, I mean, my condition make crayfish bed. So, at least I'm here. Give me a bit of coins and let me make hands meet. He has developed a norm around his nasty situation. The Bible says they brought him to the gate daily. It has a norm. He has developed a routine, a norm around the situation. Whereby just bring me here. They don't worry, cross. Just drop me here eight o'clock. Come and pick me five o'clock. He's developed a norm. Now, three lessons that we're going to learn from this from this story. Lesson number one: routine. Routine. He has built a routine around his disability. Routine is what you build around what you think you can change. You build a routine around what you think you can't change. Every day this guy comes and ends up on the same spots. The same, uh, like Yoruba uh, Elder said that if you throw a cutlass up 200 times, it will land uh, flat in the same way. So if he ends up on the same spot, there's no ambition, nothing else to, to even think about. Just come and drop me here. This is where we die every day. We die here. They live in their day. And when you build a routine around your disability, you build a routine around what you think you can't change, it makes people to be unchallenged about life. You don't press forward to anything with, uh, we've done it. And look at this story. The lady, where? Where did they live? Eh? What is the name of that gate? Beautiful kids. <laughs> they laid a problem in front of a beautiful gate. An ugly problem at a beautiful gate. Is that not an oxymoron of life? Is it, is it not happening to some of our friends and people we've seen? You see someone who was named Victor and is always suffering defeat. You see someone whose who's parents named, uh, uh, give, give me another name, uh, Goke, and is always at the bottom. Oxymoron of life. Every negative pattern in your life, I put an end to it today in the name of Jesus. So this guy was laid at the gates of a temple. He cannot go into the temple. So he was laid close to what he can't touch. 
Every day, he opens God through the gates. The gate is a place of access. He will almost get through the gates, but he can't get into the temple. He's just at that uh, edge. This is the kind of routine that makes some people think they are cursed. Because you just see that it is an almost, almost. I almost got the job. I almost married the person. I almost did this. I almost had this. Everything about almost, everything that is becoming almost, almost, almost about those things in your life. And put an end to this dream today in the name of Jesus. So as time goes on, you think that maybe I'm not even created to be happy. Maybe this is our life. Is even supposed to, and you start making excuses. Those excuses lead to comforts. You are comfortable with that situation. Then it leads to incapacity. You start making excuses. From excusing leads to comforts, then you are incapacitated and it becomes an everyday routine. And another thing that makes people make such excuses. It's very painful to see people that went through what you went through and they are doing well. Why are you are on the same spot? So people now make excuses. Maybe it's our family matter. As much as I believe that their pattern of the bloodline is real. Very real. There are some, there are some, there are some battles you need to settle. But when you see people that went through what you went through and are making it in life, it hurts. So you find excuses. Uh, maybe it is uh, uh, maybe it's my humor. What is your destiny? Praise the Lord. And if you look at it on another side, <coughs> this man outwardly was what the temple is spiritually at that time. They are both lame. Why was the temple lame? This was a temple whereby they were debating whether Jesus was real or not. At this time, they were, they were trying to make an excuse for themselves that, oh, we've not killed the Messiah. Because if they could, if they are that they killed the Messiah, in fact, those children of Israel, once already gone, like they are, <laughs> those guys, when they wanted to stone Caleb uh, and Jacob, Joshua, for telling them that they, they can inherit the land. My, 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 this is just me, this is just my own interpretation. Why didn't Moses use his little power? It showed that Moses himself, probably, is me, probably, didn't even believe himself that. She, uh, is this impossible, Shah? Because they wanted to stone Jacob, uh, Joshua, and Caleb. And God knows the kind of children He created. He knows that these people, once they decide to stone you, you are just you are as good as them. God Himself had to come down physically. God, the cloud had to descend for them for, for the children of Israel not to stone Joshua and Caleb. So, if the uh, Pharisees and the temple leaders had admitted that they killed Jesus, and Jesus was the family, they killed the Messiah. Forget it. They are not. Their head will not be on their neck. The future of Israel will be stoned them to death. So the temple at this time was debating whether Jesus was the Messiah or not. Jesus
Jesus has been killed and has ascended to heaven, the temple is now trying to get into business as usual. Comforting themselves, making excuses that they've not missed the Messiah. Oh, there was one like that that also rose up like that. When he was killed, his disciples scattered all over the place. Blah, blah, blah. They were making excuses. So the temple was left theologically. As this man was laid physically. The temple was theologically laid as this man was physically laid. The temple was laid because they rejected Jesus. And this man is laid because his ankles are not strong enough. And look at it. Lameness has a way of rubbing on lameness. Misery enjoys company. Most of us, when we are misery, miserable, when we are going through, we want to we want to get, gather people that are also uh, miserable, and uh, we start comforting ourselves with misery. And also, uh, Nigeria is a place whereby we we argue on on suffering, like we brag on suffering. Ah, guy, we suffer when I was young. Yeah, we like ah, we not suffer, we not suffering never. If you see my own suffering, like we just. We will have gathered association of sufferers. And we, 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 misery enjoys company. Dysfunction loves community. We gather together and such a yesterday. We, we never chose this two days ago. When happiness gets on your nerves, when you see people happy, and it gets on your nerves is because you are not whole. It's because you are living in one aspect of your life. When my blessing irritates you, it's because you are not walking in your own blessing. When you are jealous of someone else's blessing, it's because you will not discover your own blessing. You are not walking in your own blessing. So don't be angry at me because I am walking through my gates. They let some people by the gate. Some others are walking through the gate. Don't be angry because you decided to sit on one spot and enjoy the company of misery. When others are walking through their gates, may you walk through your gates in the name of Jesus. So if you don't have an expectation, write this down. If you don't have an expectation, if you don't have a dream to feed, then you don't need faith. If you don't have an expectation, if you don't have a dream to feed, you don't need faith. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if you have nothing you are hoping for, you don't need faith. I can teach you how to cook, but I cannot teach you how to be hungry. You have cooking schools. Do you have a <laughs> How to teach to be hungry? So, you, it is you that need to be hungry for that blessing. Hungry by raising your expectations. Praise the Lord. Second Kings chapter 4. Let's read 14 to 17. Second Kings chapter 4. 
14 to 17. No, 14, 14 to 17. When this is to be done for her, and Gaius answered, Verily she hath no child, and her is old. So, this was a Shunammite woman. She's been, she's been taking care of the prophet. The prophet asked her, What do you want? She said, He doesn't want anything. They went to do uh, CIA things, went behind to find out what does this woman need. They found out what she needs, what to She's old. Our woman is old. She doesn't have a child. Yes, go ahead. And he said, Call her. Call her for me. And when he had called her, uh -huh. she stood at the door. Yeah. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, yeah. thou shalt embrace a son. Yeah. And she said, Nay, my Lord. Uh, please let me read that in a good, in a contemporary version. That name. What does that mean? No. No. You have been trusting God for the fruit of the womb all these years. A prophet came and declared the word. And what he said, your first response is what? No. No. Some people are so afraid of failure that they will not even try. They are afraid to break their routine. Maybe this woman has failed so many times. They told us. We have known. So even when the prophecy was coming, her response was no. But God broke her routine. Yes. I said, by fire, by force, every negative routine in your life is broken today in the name of Jesus. Let's go to the next one. So lesson number one is routine. Lesson number two, religion. Religion has just gone past this guy every time. Dropping coins in his bowl. But religion could not raise him up. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the owners of the, the knowledgeable people about the law, the right reverend, the left reverend, the everybody, the bishops, the pope, the every, all the people that mattered in the temple, they were passing by this guy every day, dropping coins. Religion passed through him. Religion can only put a few coins in your cup. It cannot raise you up. Religion can only drop a few pennies in your cup. Religion comforts you in your crisis. Religion throws coins in the cup of routine. So it is not about turning to church every day. It's about when you come, expect something. Just showing up in church is not enough. What is your expectation? And lesson number three, because of time, soon close now. Lesson number three, relationship. So religion and, and routine have been fraternizing for years. Routine is always sitting at the gate. Religion always passing by him. Every time, for years, that has been their daily routine of the relationship. Peter and John had a relationship with Jesus. They were with Jesus. What does relationship do? 
Relationship always wears out religion. Relationship wears out religion. Relationship reorientates routine. Two things. It wears out, wears out religion and reorientates routine. It will break the routine. When you have a relationship with Christ, that your negative evil routine. That is why, see, when we talk about the, the bloodline and the negative pattern, I can tell you that Jesus' bloodline had similar negative pattern. If you read uh, the, the book of Matthew chapter 1, talk about the genealogy of Jesus. There is no biological, hardly will you find a biological firstborn in the, in the genealogy of Jesus that he had that promise. Abraham was not the firstborn of his father. Isaac was not the firstborn. Jacob was not the firstborn. Joseph was not the firstborn. In fact, Ephraim and, uh, and Manasseh, that they, they, didn't, they didn't do anything, no. What did Reuben do? Reuben went into the, the, the concubine of his father because Reuben was angry at the way his father was treating his mother. So the father brought in another wife, was angry. That one, the that one is bad. He, he was, he was, he, he, he did something terrible. He opened the nakedness of his father. How about Manasseh and Ephraim? So there had been something in that bloodline that had never been making the biological first one. David was not the first one. Solomon was not the first one. Do you understand? The first one, the biological first one of that lineage, never had your let me say happy. Inherits the promise. Sir, Jesus was the biological firstborn. Jesus was the firstborn from among the dead. So, from everything, he was firstborn. And he broke that routine in his own timeline. The relationship with Jesus will break every negative routine in your timeline in the name of Jesus. The negative routine in your bloodline that you've been breaking for generations. The blood of Jesus, the relationship with Christ, will break in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> so routine starts at the door of religion. Looking onto relationship, expecting <laughs> to receive something. Routine starts at the door of religion. Looking onto relationship, expecting. To, relate, to, to receive something. And the verse that a, number, a particular political uh, party has been using wrongly. And remember, just said, silver and gold, I don't have. But look at this. They were in front of the golden gates. <laughs> the gate was so beautiful because it's made of gold. <laughs> so, he's not saying that I am broke. What Peter and Paul were saying is not that I don't have money. <laughs> Do you understand? The, the gate was all beautiful. Number one, he says, I'm not flashy. I know what I carry. What I carry is more than silver and gold. I know who I am. It means. This is going to break the realm of your expectations. 
what they are telling the man is that what I'm, I'm about to give you is beyond what you can even ask or think. That is grace. The man was expecting coins. Yes, sir. But he was expecting something. But relationship came and said, I will blow your mind. The Lord is ready to blow your mind today in the name of Jesus. Amen. So they were telling the lame man, get ready for a new dimension. And look at it. He didn't even have to pray. He didn't have to talk to God about this man. The only thing was, spoke his condition in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And look at it. <laughs> Sometimes, you have to fight for what you want. When they spoke the word, nothing happened. What happened? Peter took him by his hand. Raised him up. The healing was in the process. The healing was in that process. Snatched him up, up onto his feet. And the miracle happened between Peter holding his hand and lifting him up. Lifting him up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, let's look at this. Peter was strong enough to stand. The man's ankles were too weak to stand. Peter held his hand. The man was leaning on Peter's strength at first. But in the process, his own ankles received strength. At times, you need to surround yourself. Not even at times. All the times, surround yourself with people that can lift you up. People you can lean on their strength. Surround yourself with people that can pull you up. This man's ankles was the one that had the problem. But all his body was at the temple, at the temple gate. There can be at times that one small thing in our life will shut down our entire life. What is that small thing that is making your entire life be on a standstill? I speak to it that the Lord will perform his laser surgery upon it that there will be a recovery, a total recovery in the name of Jesus. When the recovery starts, it will not look like your history in the name of Jesus. I said your recovery will not look like your history in the name of Jesus. So God gave him an immediate answer to a long-term problem. God gave him an immediate answer to a long-term history. Why? Because he was bold enough to respect something. What do you expect? I speak to someone today, get ready to walk, get ready to live, get ready to praise in the name of Jesus. Now, just before I leave this place, when they walked through the gates, what happened? The young money recognized They were asking, is this not the man? When, there are people that, when you are no, they, they are no longer used to what they knew you to be, they will start hating you. Not because you've done something wrong, but who are you to leave the gates? Who are you to leave them? That is why we need. I've been coming to this temple for the past 15 years. I've always been seeing you at the gate. So when he was, when he could leave the gate and came into the temple, religion couldn't recognize him. 
in this initial stage of your breakthrough, sat and mass, get ready. You may feel lonely. At the initial stage of your breakthrough, you may feel lonely because people who were used to you will no longer be able to recognize you. But keep living, keep praising, keep living, keep praising until they get used to you going beyond the gates. Keep praising until they get used to you going beyond your restriction and you're going beyond, far beyond the restriction in the name of Jesus. Let's go to our feet as we pray. Hallelujah. 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 I want us to raise our expectation. Lord, this is what I'm expecting from you. This is my expectation today. Begin to declare, these are my expectations. Come on, begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray.